Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hi, thanks for downloading the latest episode of the In For A Penny podcast. You don't need to thank me. Well, to anyone listening, oh, hopefully okay. there's more than just you and your parents. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we speak in the first week since we have Brexited. We have Brexited, haven't we? Yeah, I'm not sure if that is a word but well, we haven't really brexited well that's the thing because people say brexit's done but it's not really done it's like the divorce deal's done isn't it so yeah we've exchanged we've, we haven't completed we've, ah that's a good way of putting it isn't it because boris keeps going around saying the deal's done we're out but we're not actually out we've got a lot of well we're in a transition period aren't we yeah so it's like you've done your divorce but your furniture's still in your property and you're just trying to sort out the kids you sound like you've had a lot of experience yeah, in this divorce. no thankfully but what are your clients saying about it? Are your clients worried? No. Oh, good. <laughs> the end. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, they're not really. Occasionally it comes up and I tell people, just ignore it. Yeah. There's always going to be something there that, that's uh, the press. Do you include yourself when I say I the press? I am part of the press. That are going to get excited about yeah. and try and scare people about business as usual. It is obviously a short-term thing, although it has been going on for four years now. Yeah. Yeah. So is that short-term? Well, it, I, don't, I think you used the word short-term. Did I? People listening will check back. I think that was you. But um, we all we are always in times of uncertainty. Have you ever heard anyone say we live in certain times? No. No, there's always something going on, whether it be Brexit, credit crunch, yeah. wars, Whatever it is, something is going on. So just you just get on with it. You can stick to the long-term plan. That's what we're telling our clients. So Brexit Day also coincided with two other big events. Yeah. There was um, the uh, self-assessment return deadline. That's exciting that for, for the Did you meet the deadline? I think my accountant did it a yeah. couple of months ago. I think lots of people missed it. Did they? Yeah. I th- there was something that came up from HMRC, which was quite high. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm surprised about because I feel like, there were adverts everywhere. I don't know how people could deadline like that. Yeah. Yeah? You don't seem shocked. No, not really. No? Not people are like lazy. Lazy. Not our listeners, though. So if you did miss the deadline, we don't think you're lazy. <laughs> I'm just a bit careless. And it was transfer deadline day in the football season for all you football fans out there. It was a bit there. dull, wasn't it? That was dull. Yeah. Uh, the one that surprised me was Man United swooping for that... Premier League uh, legend Igalo. Igalo, yeah. Couldn't make it in the Premier League, went to no. China for all the yeah. money, and they've stepped him up. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Came from China, and then and the, a few days later, the coronavirus was. Um, yeah, no, I'm not saying he brought the coronavirus over. Okay. But, yeah, that's a great publicity so. for the beer, though, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. What is it? Because there are actually people apparently Googling corona and um, beer virus who are worried whether you should drink. Well, it's the, the limes, isn't it? It's the yeah. limes. But that is totally separate, obviously, to the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still drink beer in... Moderation. Moderation. 
I think our listeners have probably picked up that I'm still sounding a bit blocked. The cough's gone. Yeah. Now the cold's here, so apologies if you hear... No, nothing. Yeah, sinus. if you hear nothing, apologies. Yeah. If you hear lots of sniffs, it means I haven't edited them out very well. Lovely cup of tea today, Mark, by the way. Thank you. So, on this episode, I'm going to talk to you about scams. Okay, I'll listen to that. It's, there was some research out from Witch, the consumer watchdog, yeah. at the beginning of February, uh, that showed banks are refusing to pay out to customers who've become fraud victims if they've ignored warnings about transferring funds. Okay. So you know, sometimes when you do a transfer on an online banking, yeah. and it, there's a box will pop up saying, this may be a scam. Yeah. Seen those? So apparently if you ignore that and then are scammed, banks are refusing to pay out despite many being part of this voluntary code where they should be paying you back if you are a scam victim. I don't know. It's a tricky one. What's your thoughts? Well, I think they're, like scams have become pretty prevalent. They have, yeah. Prevalent. And it is easy for people to fall, fall victim. So, I mean, there is a lot of people should be responsible for their own finances, but at the same time, some of these scams are quite sophisticated. And should you blame the victims or should you actually be supportive? Well, I had a client who was came into the office last week who was just scammed. Oh. It's good timing, actually. She, not for them. Not for her. Yeah. She got a call from HMRC. Okay. This is I, I'm, I'm sort of telling you this story secondhand, so I don't have all the facts. Okay. She got a call from HMRC to say there's um, some sort of warrant out for your arrest. Oh, yes, I've had this. Oh, you know this one? Yeah. Okay, so you'll tell me a bit more about it in a minute. Yeah. There's a warrant out for your arrest, and we, and we need you to transfer, I think it was a few hundred pounds to this account to uh, so we can put a stop on it. I mean, straight away, you and I are thinking, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So she did that. She logged on to her internet banking, wow. transferred the money to this, th- this thing. Then they said, yeah, I can see that's gone through, but something else has come up. You need to transfer another few hundred pounds. So you and I, alarm bells are ringing, but yep. not for her. She transferred the money. So she does that, and they go, right, great, it's all done. Then she gets a call a bit later on saying, right, you need to, we're almost there. You need to transfer. And this was a, next was a large sum of money, thousands of pounds. So she went into her bank to transfer that one and did it. Her bank let her do it? Yeah, I think she ended up doing four or five transfers before she cottoned on that something's not quite right here. Wow. Yeah, now, when you say it like that, yeah. it sounds so obvious. But so what What made me think of it just then was you said about the online thing, if you click it. So she is, she's complained to her bank and I think... The online ones, the smaller amounts, they're being a bit harsher with. Yeah. But when she went into the branch, she's saying, well, look, I've given you these account numbers and sort code. If they're not real, if there's something going on, yeah. you should have, shouldn't have put the transfers through. So they're investigating that at the moment. Yeah. Sounds like they should. Yeah. I mean, if, you ha- if she had, hasn't been coming in every month to make these transfers, it should be deemed as unusual activity. Yeah. It? So do I blame her? Well, part of me thinks... Why would you trust that person? She's not an idiot. I'm, I'm, I, I try not to be too harsh there, but I think she should have realised someone's just calling you up out the blue to say transfer money. Yeah. That can't be right. But it's not just someone... I think in that case, if you hear HMRC, you think, oh dear, it's a government, it's authorities, I'm going, I'm going to be in trouble. And I think that's different to... You have the ones where it's someone claiming to be a Nigerian prince who wants to marry you as long as you... Coming to America, isn't it? Yeah, as long as you transfer... <laughs> £20,000 or something. I mean, I've always wanted a rich husband. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Didn't expect you to say that. No, you're wrong. 
Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had that call where it's... Uh, but yeah, yeah, the strange thing about that one is when I've had that message, it's a recorded message, and then you have to press the button and you go through to a call center where it's often people with foreign accents, yeah, English names, and they'll say, yes, I'm from HMRC, we need to talk, and then... So your phone rings and it's a recorded thing? Yeah, it's That like, must make you start wondering straight away. Yeah. I mean, it's a recorded thing, but in a like, strong English accent, it'd be like, this is someone That's from... That's not a strong accent. Hello, this is Mr. Accent. Smith from, HS, from okay. HMRC. Your account has been targeted as fraudulent. You're under investigation. You need to call this number or press this, button, this number to be put through. <laughs> yeah, and they'll say that HMRC is investigating you. Then they'll give you an amount you have to pay to call off the... Call off the dogs. Call yeah, why should you have to pay? Yeah, that's what that should set alarm bells ring. Yeah. Why would you? That sounds a bit weird. Do you want to do a scam test? Go on, then I'll do a scam test. So these are figures from 2018. Yeah. Don't look at my. How much? Put it away. And I'll stop looking at it. Fraud? Do you think banks stopped? Yeah. So how much fraud do you think banks stopped in 2018? They stopped. Uh, yeah. This is banks like stopping payments going across. Well, I don't uh, know, billion pounds? Billion. You're close. It's 1.6 billion. Oof. But how much do you think they failed to stop? If they managed to stop 1.6, I would have thought they failed to stop maybe two or three. Well, this is, I mean, this is just based on figures from UK Finance, which is a trade body for main high street banks. And that they say criminals successfully stole 1.2 billion pounds through fraud and scams in 2018. It's good money if you can get it. <laughs> We're in no way advocating doing that. No. But what do you know? What about are there some other scams you've had clients targeted with? Yeah, I had a, a client. This must be now about a year and a half ago. He called me up and said, um, "I've been offered this uh, great opportunity um, for some currency trading." I said, "Oh right." He said, "Yeah, it's uh, they're going to give me returns of I think fifteen twenty percent a year." Wow. So the first thing I would say to anyone, if it sounds too good to be true, yeah. it is. Um, so he said, well, should I do it? I said, no. Okay. Um, he said, well, look, can I just send you the details and can you have a look? So he forwarded me an email. I said, don't do it. <laughs> Couldn't have uh, made that more clear. Yeah. Anyway, I get a call from him about four or five months later. Yeah. I've lost 20 grand. Wow on this uh, currency thing. So I asked him, and he said, I should have listened to you. Yeah. But I asked him for a bit of information because it's always useful to know. And he said, um, this company cold called him yeah. out of the blue. And that's got to be a, a uh, that's got to get alarm bells ringing. If you get a call from someone with this great opportunity, why are they giving it to you? Yeah. Why are they giving it to this random guy on the telephone? If it's such a good investment opportunity, they don't need you or I to put it in. There's cleverer people with more money than you or I that can invest in these things. Yeah. So I, I would always be aware of a cold call. But they said, right, we're going to make you lots of money on currency trading. And he said, and he started, he gave them a few hundred pounds and they turned it into a thousand pounds. And then by on their currency trading, yeah. they said, would you like to do a bit more? We've got a few more deals. He said, yeah. So he put in another couple of grand, which they turned into, I don't know, five grand, let's say. Next thing you know, he's put in 20 grand and suddenly he's lost a lot. And they're not picking up the phone. They're not responding to emails. I haven't heard from him yet what the outcome of this was. I'm assuming yeah. that he uh, that he lost it all. We try and educate people and say to people, you've got to be sensible. And 
there's no shortcuts to creating your wealth. It's all about being patient and being sensible and making good financial decisions. I think one of the main reasons people get scammed is greed. Yes. You agree? Well, everyone's wor- yeah, once they get attracted by these high interest rates and fast money, don't they? Yeah, and it, I, I think that is the, the biggest reason someone will get scammed. So if you get called with an opportunity or emailed and you think, oh, great, I'm going to make a few quid here, just take a second to think, am I being greedy? And therefore, is it likely to be real? So whose fault is it? Is that the public's fault or is that... What, greed? Yeah. That's the individual's fault. Or are they seeing things, I don't know, are they seeing things in the media or you know, elsewhere where it looks easy to make money and they just, they just want a part of it? I think you can, you could, if you want to go down that route, blame, there are certain uh, publications and institutions that publicise these sort of... Uh, get rich quick things and you've got to put your money these are the best funds this year and our top share tips and this guy's made lots of money um so you could potentially have a pop at those type of people but i think greed comes from within whether you it's a feeling isn't it greed so i know i would like to uh, have a comfortable lifestyle and uh, earn well and grow and provide for my family. But there's not a greed element to it. It's about doing things sensibly and, and slowly. But people need to understand that you build your wealth slowly. Yeah, by that I mean you don't need to rush. Yeah. Things will happen. If you are sensible, continue to save, put money away, don't spend more than you earn, don't put money on credit cards, clear, clear your debts, um, your wealth will build. Is there an issue that people don't understand where... To put their money. In what way? Where? Well, so my aunt, for example, yeah. a while ago phoned me to say she wanted to put some money into an investment that would go towards uh, environmentally friendly causes. So green investments, like yeah. social impact stuff, because she's very worried about her carbon footprint and actually doing good stuff. For, yeah, it's a hot topic society. at the moment. It's a hot topic with Greta Thunberg and all that sort of stuff. And there's not a lot of... I, well, I don't think there's a lot of accessible, user-friendly information about how you invest in a ethical, sustainable way. So she just went on Google, typed green investment and uh, came across a company, sent it to me and said, is this, is this kosher? Yeah. And I looked at it and straight away I saw its marketing material looked a bit dodgy. Uh, it was, didn't appear on the Financial Conduct Authority Register. Yeah. So I said, stay clear. It looks like a scam. Yeah. Luckily, she followed my advice and looked Good. more into it. And it was, but I think uh, she's lucky to have you. She's lucky to have me, and a lot, not a lot of people have nephews they can phone who happen to be financial journalists yeah. who understand it or don't know who or don't know financial advisors and, and don't know where to look. Yeah, which is possibly why a lot of people fall victim. Is what I'm trying to say. It's a lack of understanding. Yeah, it's great. Well, I think um, there needs to be more education in schools about not about scams but just about finance in general because the more knowledgeable and uh, financially literate people are the more aware they are of these type of things okay i th- i think you um you can't underestimate the skills of these con men as well so the people that call up sorry just in the gender balance world so you're saying women are con, con artists. men and women con artists con artists um they know what they're doing. They know what buttons to push. They know how to talk to people, how to seem nice. And I think we are very trusting on the whole. 
yeah. as people, which is a good thing. But you do have to have that little bit of wariness to you when someone offers you something for, for nothing. Do you, do you think social media and the internet makes it easier to get scammed and to be a scammer? Definitely makes it easier to be a scammer because you can hide behind any identity. You could say you're anyone. You can. Aren't there, isn't there something uh, in the press at the moment about these? A lot of these companies advertising on search engines and things. Yeah. So if I buy the ad set, so they appear at the top of search results. So if you search for best ISA or something, and you can be pushed to a website that claims to get you the best ISA, but possibly isn't regulated, isn't giving you the best product. And yeah, something that may not be suitable for you. There are some tools you can use if you want to check if stuff is kosher. Is not talk regulated. about kosher, so you're hungry. And they, no, <laughs> need to have my breakfast. So go on, well, how can so you check? Yep, the FCA, the financial regulator, has a scam watch website. Right. Where you can tell them about the type of product you're being offered and it will tell you how risky that is and if a company is regulated. So how do people find that? What do they have to do? So they need to go to... Well, you can find it via the FCA website, which is www.fca.org.uk or go to fca.org.uk forward slash scamsmart. That, is that the guy from The Apprentice? So, yeah, so it's fronted by Nick Hewer, who was who used to be Sir Alan Sh- Lord Sugar's sidekick on The Apprentice. Lord Sugar will see you now. He now pre- uh, presents Countdown and is also oh, does the face of He's Scam a TV Smart. presenter nowadays. Yeah. I didn't know that. You should watch more daytime television. Some, so some of us are working. <laughs> you sort of go to it and it asks you what you're considering. You sort of go to it or you, you do go, go to it. You go to the website yeah. and it asks what you're considering. And this could either be an investment opportunity or a pension opportunity. Okay, so we've, just for our listeners, we've clicked, we've got an investment opportunity. Yeah. So then it asks you what type of opportunity it is and then a whole drop-down menu appears. So these are the type, type of typical dodgy scams you could be offered. Let's do foreign exchange because that's what this, this client exchange, has. So there's a few others there. It could be like bamboo, land overseas, parking spaces. That's a big one. So we're going to okay. do... What do you want to do? We've foreign been offered exchange. foreign exchange. Yeah. Foreign exchange. What does it ask us next? And it asks, how do you find out about it? So it could be an advert on social media. Um, I, I got a... Is there a phone call option? Phone call. Telephone. Telephone, Telephone, yep. okay. Did they mention money from your pension? No, they didn't. That's a big one. So I'll say you can cash out your pension. So yeah, so just so anyone knows, you cannot access your pension until you are 55. If you try and access it before, you face huge tax penalties. If anyone tells you otherwise, it is a scam. I repeat, it is a scam. Do not do it. Very good. Warning. So you click all that for him and the FCA will say, warning, fraudulent forex derivative trading firms are targeting UK consumers to trade in high-risk investments such as foreign derivatives, e.g. contracts with difference, only deal with FCA-authorised firms. Okay. So to find out if a firm is authorised, it will then give you a... Hang on a minute. I like this bit. The safest thing to do is hang up. Yeah. I mean, the people that are on the phone that are potentially going to get scammed are unlikely to go onto this website. Hold on a minute. I'm just going to check you on the FCA website. Yeah. They're going to hang up the people if they're dodgy, aren't they? Yeah. But anyway, carry the on. FC, yeah, one of the part of the FCA's advice is to hang up, although you would have already had the call. So yeah. that's strange advice. And then you can check if the firm's on the list to avoid. So it has a warning list and you search company name. And if the name appears, yeah, you'll see they're dodgy. The trouble with that approach is if they haven't been spotted yet and they're not on the warning list, 
that doesn't necessarily mean no but i suppose it's good look all they can do is gather the information they know about the scams aware of so that's a good place to go for scams anyone else anywhere else people can go if they're unsure well obviously you can go to the actual financial services register and search for the firm yeah if they appear because most so you can search for us so if you you can search for the orchard practice yeah so the orchard practice wouldn't cold call you anyway would you offering someone but say you can't come across them that's us, the Orchard Practice, AR Limited. So you can see where their base, their address, their phone number. I think most importantly, if you go up, it gives you their FCA reference number and confirms that they're uh, on the register. Yes. And you could click individuals, couldn't you, to see who within the firm is authorised. You have three authorised individuals, Sean Butters, Joshua Gersler, Malcolm Raymond Isaacs. Why, why is your middle name not on the register? I don't know, well, that's a fair... Neither Sean's, but it's a fair... I know, but he's not here to answer. Fair question. So we had uh, someone in our firm that was committing fraud. Oh, really? Yeah, that we had to say goodbye to. He was committing mortgage fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He was a middle-aged man in his 50s, lived in Edgware. (laughs) Okay. um, Who had a scam going with an accountant yeah. where him and this accountant were falsifying payslips for clients yeah. and falsifying company accounts and they were lying on mortgage applications to say this person earns X amount of money um, so they could get mortgages. Uh, and luckily it was picked up. It wasn't picked up quick enough, but luckily it was yeah. picked up. The guy is no longer with us. Yeah. Um, but that type of scam, so that type of a mortgage fraud, it's not really a scam, but that type of yeah. fraud, mortgage fraud, it's that greed thing again. Yeah. Because the only people that are going to commit mortgage fraud is this guy, this mortgage advisor, because he was greedy about earning money yeah. for mortgages. And on the flip side of it, it would be a client who couldn't afford to borrow what they need to in their own right. So someone who hasn't got a problem and is living within their means and is buying the property they can afford does not need to do that. Yeah. But someone who wants to um, break the rules, or sorry, someone who's greedy and wants to borrow more than they can afford is is willing to take that that step. So that brings another element to it, doesn't it? Because obviously the ultra practice is a regulated firm. Yeah. But then in, within that, there's someone who is performing in a way that is not appropriate. Yeah. So it shows that we actually, some of the companies themselves also, I guess, have to be careful. Yeah, correct. About Ultim- their stuff. Ultimately, we are responsible. Yeah. Um, the individual has been dismissed. Yeah. He was, a polite way to put it, he was also dismissed from our network. Yeah. He was also banned by every mortgage lender from from doing anything, and uh, by the FCA. And they did an investigation. They realised that uh, it was only this individual. No one else is doing anything. So that was good and we did our own investigation um the guy didn't care didn't care yeah, he denied it and there was compelling evidence against him and he's still up to no good yeah yeah he's still up to no good he's still even worse now he's giving mortgage advice though he's not regulated to do and he's passing it through other people pretending it's him he's passing it through other people that's not good at all it's not good at all we'll talk about that more another time i think we should yeah you were telling us how you can check scams so you yeah. said the fca website yeah any other? Um, so a lot of times uh, you'll get cold calls and people will call up and say, I'm from such and such company. Yeah, and if it's called that, I'd be like, well, that yeah. doesn't sound like a real company. Yeah. 
so say I'm from Forex Investments. Yeah. And so one thing you could do is go on to the company's house website, which is a register of all UK companies. Yeah. And search for Forex Investments. Yeah. Good idea. And if they don't come up, you could say, well, you don't appear to be a trading company. Um, and then that may cause an issue. That may should raise alarm bells. Uh, do you know what I would say to you? If you get a call and it sounds like a good opportunity, but you're not sure, just say to them, can you, um, firstly, where do they get your phone number? Yeah. That's something to check. Ask them then, so can you can you send me the details? Don't give them your address. Don't give out any personal details. But if they've got your phone number, they should hopefully have your, not hopefully, but you would expect them to have your address as well. Yeah. See if they're willing to post you the details. Often they'll probably then try and put time pressure on you. Oh, this is a limited time uh, offer. You've got to do it now. Well, when you get high pressure sales tactics, again, that's walk away. Uh, you can also sign up uh, for the telephone preference service, which essentially sh- should block any unwanted calls. You know what my mobile does? I don't know if yours does this. Sometimes I get a call and it'll come up suspected fraud. Does yours do that? No. So I don't know if this is special to my, to me, just my phone. Just I've got a Samsung phone. I don't know if it's a Samsung thing. It'll come up suspected fraud. So you can choose to answer it or not. If ever I've had something and it has been one of these cold callers, you can then just press block and the number can't get through to you again. That's good. That's good. That, uh, that's on the mobile. I don't know if you could do it on the landline as well. Um, but never give out personal details. details. That's a good one. Um, make sure on your computers that you've got antivirus protection so people yeah. can't hack into your computers. Make sure you've got passwords for your account, strong passwords. Don't leave Probably. them lying around. Yeah. One of the other big scams is where um, scammers will yeah. phone and pretend to be your bank or something. Yes. And then they'll tell you to hang, uh, hang up and call back. Yes, I heard about this. And then they give you a number and then s- somehow they stay on the phone. I don't really understand how the technology works. But I guess the way around that is to don't call the number they've given you. Call your actual bank's number. Spot on. Whenever yeah. I um, have ever had anything called from a bank, yeah. if I haven't been sure, I've called, I've got rid of them and called the number on the back of the card. Yeah. Because that's always uh, the correct number. Good thinking, Mark. Thank you. Public Wi-Fi is another one where they yeah. get your information. You'll be amazed, you won't be amazed, but it, it is amazing how many people will just search for Wi-Fi networks, whatever they are, yeah. and join it without even thinking about it. Did you go to a conference once where that happened? I remember someone telling me a story about that. I did. I went to a conference where, um, yeah, correct. Basically, the guy who was running it was an IT guy. He was an operation COO of a company, and he basically set up a fake um, Wi-Fi. What's it, is that the right word? Wi-Fi network? Yeah, he set up yeah. a Wi-Fi network, didn't tell anyone, and people just sat down in the conference. Everyone was signing up, yeah. and then about 10 minutes into the thing, he goes, right, I can see, I don't know, 40% of you have signed up to this network. Um, I can see every click you're pressing on your phone, every button that you're entering. Luckily, I didn't. Ah, I didn't do you avoided it. Avoided it. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but that always makes me think. Now, if I'm ever anywhere out, do I sign up to a, to a network? I tend to try and just use a three G, four G, five G, whatever it's called on my phone. Yeah, it's so quick now. Anyway, I guess ultimately you just have to think. There's no such thing as a good as a free lunch, and if it seems too good to be true, probably is. Yeah, you're probably right. I wanted to give some other examples of scams. Okay. Well, the top five financial scams in the UK. This is from the FSCS, the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. 
Okay. Boiler room scams, number one. Okay. You get a call out the blue telling you there's a great opportunity with high returns, quite high pressured. You've got to sign up now. Do it. That's the biggest type of scam. The next one, phishing scams or smishing scams. You heard of these? So this isn't when you're going to rivers and... No. So phishing, PH, yeah. is when you get an email scam. Smishing, smishing. are text message scams. Yeah. So you get, like you said earlier, you get a call or an email or a text from your bank telling you to do something, give out details. Yeah. That's the second biggest type of scam. Quite a good one with those is when you get email from Apple or Amazon saying your order hasn't gone through or your Apple ID has been locked. Yeah, i just delete those when I get yeah. those. But a good way, like if you actually click on this sender's email, you'll see that. Correct. Excellent. It's, it's always a weird, it's always some weird letters and numbers, letters, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Very good. Number three, pension liberation schemes. Again, as you mentioned. Getting told, oh, we can get your money out your pension early. Don't do it. It's a scam. Next one. Home buying fraud. So we had a client a few years ago that got scams like this. There is sophisticated software. Scammers can hack solicitors' email accounts. And they're monitoring emails from solicitors to clients saying, send us... Uh, you know when the solicitor sends the email says right we're ready to complete yep. please transfer whether it's £50,000 or £50 million to, the, to our bank account yeah. the scammers intercept the email they change the bank account to their own details yeah. and then the email reaches the client and we had a client a few years ago who transferred the money yeah. I think it was about 100 grand for deposit wow. on a property uh, never made it to the solicitor what happened? I think they managed to recover it in the end but yeah. Luckily, these clients were quite wealthy. They were able to complete on the property anyway. They had other yeah. other funds, but it took them, I think, six to 12 months to get the money back. Wow. Not everyone gets the money back. So what you need to do, if you get an email from your solicitor telling you to send money, you call them to confirm the account details. Yeah. So don't email them. Pick up the phone and call them to confirm the account details. Yeah, I've had a chat with a solicitor who I had to pay some money to, and they said, call me to pay, and then they just ask for payment over the phone, which I don't think is that much more secure personally there must be a way of setting up a secure payment system but i get yeah there is i guess if you do it over email there's a risk of it being intercepted yeah at least if you're having a conversation with the solicitor and you recognize their voice you know they're telling you the truth or you hope they're telling you the truth the fifth top scam is freebie scams so this is quite I think this is the easiest one to fall prey to. This is like free trials. You get told, sign up for a free trial. Um, You can't then cancel it, and there's money going on your card every month or you're in for a year until you can get out of a contract. I think that goes back to the one you said. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If you think the freebie is too good, don't do it. Or ask, how do you get out of it? And that is all we have time for on this episode. We've got some other others planned there, haven't we? I hope so, yeah. 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 We've had a few messages from people asking us. This is on the back of our episode on payslips. We've had a few people get in touch to say, can we talk about some ways to bring your income tax bill down? So we'll do that. Okay. Maybe we should see if we can get an accountant to join us. If Maybe. It, yeah. Aren't you a chartered accountant? I am. There you go. Yeah. So I'll, no, we'll see if we can get an, another one. Okay. Um, and hopefully my voice will be back to normal by then. Tune in for that. And others. Well, is that the next episode? I don't know. But, <laughs> but if any topics you want to hear, just get in touch and we'll we'll try and record an episode about it. If you've enjoyed this episode, please pass the pod. Yeah. That means tell other people about it. Yeah, keep listening. Thank you very much.
Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at InForAPennyPod1, at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover. Thank you for being in for a penny. <laughs>